it's one thing to have knowledge, head knowledge. It's another thing to have illumination. Say to the person next to you, this is a morning of illumination and revelation. My son Samuel said to me, Dad, with Black Friday, was that what it was called, Black Friday? With Black Friday, are you going to get an S8? He knows that with an S7. It's been reduced to 12 grand. Dad, are you going to get an S8? And I said, no, I don't need an S8. And you know why I said that? Because I know that I don't use everything on my S7. There's technology that we have there's technology that we own, but we don't use. Are you hearing me this morning? And I believe it's the same for us as believers. How many of you have got a vehicle where someone who's clued up about vehicles comes to you and they say, hey, you've got that car. Have you done this and this and this? And you didn't even know that that, that technology existed in your vehicle. I was told when I got my vehicle that, you know what? It's got Land Rover technology. It's, that is borrowed from Land Rover, where if you are in some quicksand or some kind of sand or something and you're fi finding yourself sinking, you can just put your vehicle into a certain mode and it just lifts by itself. I was told that. I still, I'm not too sure which button I have to press. <laughs> Amen? I'm saying something that is spiritually profound this morning, that some of you have not tapped into the technology that will take you to your next level. The title of my message today is, There Are Levels. I want to speak to you on the subject of levels of spiritual authority. Say to the person next to you, there are levels. If it's a brother, say there are levels, my brother. If it's a sister, say to her, there are levels, my sister. Amen. See, God is so good. I want to share with you an interesting story. I want to share with you an interesting story. There's a guy called, they call him Archbishop Duncan Williams. And I like listening to some of his things. And there's an interesting story told. He's from Ghana, but he's done stuff in the States and all over the world. Greatly used by God in prophetic ministry and intercessory ministry. Okay? And what happened was that there was a particular gentleman who uh, had imported some goods. Obviously, I'm assuming it was into Ghana. He had imported certain goods, and these goods were stuck at the port. How many of you have had a situation where you import something, and a client needs those things, and it's quite a lot of goods. A client needs those things, but then they're stuck at immigration. Okay? So they were stuck at the port for days and days, and the days turned into weeks. And this guy went into a 21-day prayer, 21-day fast, fasting, praying that this stuff is going to be released. Now he was under pressure. The nature of the pressure was that the client was saying, hey, if our stuff doesn't come by such and such a date, we're not going to do business with you. We don't want the stuff anymore. Right? Obviously, he had his arrangement from the people he had purchased these goods abroad. Right? From. And then... What is it called that you pay when something is stuck at the port for multiple days because you can't have, have that? That one, it's, it's some type of storage, but there's a specific name for it where on a daily basis now he's paying. So it's costing him. Can you see the tension for him? 
and the days turned to weeks. So he was part of the ministry of um, Archbishop Duncan Williams, right? And weeks had gone by. He's prayed, he's fasted 21 days already, and nothing has happened. Then he goes to Duncan Williams and he says, this is my situation at night. Well, it was in the evening. Duncan Williams says, you know what? I'll get back to you in a few minutes. He goes, consults with the Lord, does whatever he knows to do. After a few minutes, he says to this guy, it's sorted. Go tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., go when the thing opens and your things are sorted. The guy goes, everything is signed, things are signed and so on, and he gets his goods. So obviously he's trying to figure out, and he asks Archbishop Duncan Williams, tell me, I spent 21 days fasting for this stuff to open up, but I just phone you, and in just a few minutes, it's sorted. Tell me how. And what was the response? There are levels. <laughs> now let me say something, because I know I joke about it a lot. I know I joke about it a lot. But I strongly believe there are levels. But here's the interesting thing. Jesus shows us mysteries unfolding in scripture, how we can get to the next level. You see, these levels are not fixed. Say to the person next to you, these levels are not fixed. <laughs> How many of you know that the disciples, they went to Jesus and they said, who is the greatest in the kingdom? Do you remember when they asked that question? Jesus didn't rebuke them and say, I know we're all at the same level. There's no one who's greater than another. He didn't say that, did he? He actually gave us a key to becoming greater. He says, if you want to enter the kingdom, be like a child. I believe that one of the keys to going to your next level is humility, is being like a child. Amen? Some of you might say, no, Paul, there aren't any levels, there aren't any levels. Then explain to me why it is that when you go and you're trying to cast out a demon out of someone, it takes you two hours. But with some people, the moment they enter into town, those demons are running away. Why? You see, we are all citizens of a country, aren't we? We are all citizens of a country. And if you're born again, you're citizens of the kingdom of God. So there's what we call the believer's authority. We've all got authority to cast out demons. We've got that. But say to the person next to you, their levels. You see, we are all citizens of a country, but I know some people who don't have to stand in the same queue that I stand in when I'm at the airport at immigration. They've got diplomatic immunity and they walk through. I know some people when I go to some of these government institutions and I have to pay for parking to go in, they just have access. God is going to give you illumination this morning where you'll have revelation around how to get to your next level. I was speaking to a friend of mine, Pastor Chooks, and I love the way he explains it. He was saying to me that, you know what? He believed that there are rooms in the spirit realm. There are rooms in the spirit realm. And God gives us keys to each of those different rooms. And sometimes you can stay in a room for days and days or other times based on your pursuing of the purposes of God. What happens? 
the providence of God, his purpose for your life, but also you pursuing him, you can have access into other rooms. Some of you will remember some time back when I, when I came out with the book, The Technology of Spiritual Promotion. It was based on a series that we had here. And I said, there are doors within doors. How many of you remember that? And sometimes I've prophesied that over some of you to say that this door that you are entering into, don't settle there because there are other doors. Amen? Within that door. Some of you have been camping in one room. I said some of you have been camping in one room. You got excited about your initial breakthrough and your mindset was, hey, this is good. Just because it's better than the rest of your family. Just because it's better than the rest of your friends. And you've camped there. I want to share with you this morning something that will catapult you to go to your next level. I want to share with you something this morning that will stop you from camping but will accelerate you into those other rooms. Can I hear an amen? amen? As I spoke further with Pastor Chooks, he said to me, Paul, you know what? God is showing me some things from Genesis chapter 32. And it's interesting because I was then reading Genesis chapter 32 and I saw some interesting things. Do you remember how Jacob initially had, had had that Bethel experience where he saw that ladder going up into heavens and angels going up and down? Amen. He had an encounter with God that resulted in breakthrough when he was now with his uncle Laban. And he was so blessed, wasn't he? And remember when Laban, when he wanted to then leave Laban, Laban was like, but listen, through divination, he wasn't a godly guy, right? He didn't worship the living God. But he said, through divination, I found out that I'm blessed because of you. Do you remember that? He says, I'm blessed because of you, so don't leave. Some of you, the companies that you work for are still there because of you. But the problem is you don't know it because you don't know what you carry. Amen? Amen. Some of you, the companies that you work for are still existing because of the grace on your life. You see, when God promotes you, he begins to show you these things through revelation that, wait a minute, I'm carrying something, the blessing of God, and the people around you are blessed because of what you are carrying. Amen? So what is interesting is Jacob has this amazing experience and then he ends up leaving his uncle Laban after about 20 years. You remember that? And he's got Rachel, he's got Leah, and he's got all his kids, the kids from his wives and concubines. I don't endorse the concubine thing, okay? But it's what they did, right? Amen? Don't go and start saying like, oh, Jacob had a concubine. Let me go and get myself a concubine, okay? They didn't have the full revelation that we have concerning marriage. But that's what happened. So now he's got this massive family. And what I find interesting is he was now afraid of his brother Esau. Remember Esau? And he had tricked Esau in terms of birthright. So now this thing is living with him. Some of you have tricked people and defrauded people. You are carrying this fear. The fear of being found out. So he comes... And he now thinks to himself, hey, what's going to happen? My brother Esau is going to kill me. Look at this guy who was so blessed when he was with his uncle Laban. And now he's in this situation where he's so terrified. Some of you, God is blessing you, but there are things that are causing you to be terrified. And then what does he say? He says, you guys go ahead. In other words, his, his family, his children and so on. But put these gifts ahead of you. The goats, the sheep, right? Hundreds of them. And when Esau comes up, 
give him, offer these to him. And then when he asks, who are these from? Say it's from your brother Jacob. Do you remember that? And I found it interesting reading through this because it showed me that sometimes what fear does, we start doing favors that aren't God-sanctioned. When you're in fear, you start feeling like I have to be extra nice to this person. That's why people bribe, don't they? Some people bribe people when they didn't even have to. When God's favor was already on your life and you could have just gone up and just said yes and submitted your documents and so on, but because of your low self-esteem and the spirit of fear, hey, let me do this nice thing for him. Let me do this nice thing for her. So that's his mode. But what I find interesting is that he does that and as he's in the process of doing the whole gifts thing and so on, everyone goes ahead and he remains there and that night what happens? He wrestles with a man. And we know that he was wrestling with who? With God. And then this man sees that, wait a minute, now daytime is about to come and I'm still wrestling with this guy and this guy is holding on to him. My question is how desperate are you for your next level? How desperate are you for the blessing of God on your life? Or have you begun to camp? Say to the person next to you, I'm not camping anymore. I was going to say, I'm not camping no more, but I didn't want to teach you bad English, okay? I'm not camping anymore. And so what happens is that this guy then dislocates or does something to Jacob's hip. Remember that. But I find it interesting because Jacob is asked the question, so what is your name? That's the first thing. What is your name? He says, can you bless me? And the guy says, what is your name? A name speaks of your character and he has a name change. A name change is an identity change. When you go to your next level in God, he does something to your identity. How do you see yourself right now? How do you see yourself right now? Who are you? With Gideon, he was called mighty warrior. I believe God is going to do something supernatural this morning where people are going to get a change of identity. Where God is going to come and he's going to impart something of himself. How many of you know that the Lord does not bless you outside of his character? When you're blessed by God, there's something of God that is imparted to you. And what is interesting is for him to go to his next level, he has this name change. And he's told you are now called... You are now called Israel. What is Israel? Prince with God. And you know that from that time onwards, you don't see that fear, do you? You see him then going to Esau, and Esau says, what are all these things? What's all this livestock? Esau is no longer trying to attack him. What's all this livestock? And he says, it's a gift for you. And what does Esau say? He says, I've got plenty. You don't need to give me this. And he only ended up taking them because Jacob insisted. You know what happens when God takes you to your next level? Your enemies want to become your friends. I said your enemies want to become your friends. Your enemies want to become your friends. Please receive that this morning. The people who are pursuing you will say, it doesn't matter. What are you doing this for? But you see, many of us have not caught up to who we've become. God has elevated us, but our mindset is still, they all hate me, no one likes me, so let me give them gifts. We're still thinking at the old level. And yet God is saying, I want to raise you up to your next level. Please say to the person next to you, their levels. 
you know what happens with breakthrough? You know what happens with breakthrough? Sometimes the devil realizes that he can't do anything about your breakthrough. You've done the things that you needed to do in order to go to your next level. And the devil sees that this thing is happening. So do you know what he does? He How many of you have been in close calls, close accidents, where something almost happened? How many of you have had a situation where you, you were promoted, but you couldn't experience the blessing of the promotion? Because maybe you were sick in hospital. You had to receive an award, but you couldn't make it. Because the enemy strategy sometimes is, you know what, this person is going to their next level. I can't do anything about it, but what I can try and do is to hinder that. Do you know that there are people who've had premature deaths? Please hear me this morning. There are people who've had premature deaths, and the week that they die, that promotion letter is coming. It's still being sent. When you see people like, and I'm going to say this, maybe because I like athletics, people like Wade Vanikek, when you see how well he did, I believe it was God's will and God's destiny for him to actually participate in the Commonwealth Games in 2018. I mean, who, who injures that, that cruciate ligament while playing touch rugby? I honestly don't think that was God's will or portion for his life. Amen? And he's a believer, isn't he? What I'm saying to you is there are things that are happening in your life that you must resist and say no to. There's promotion and breakthrough that God has got in store for you. And the enemy who's powerless, he tricks us. He gets us to a place of believing that it's God's will and we just accept it. There are things I'm refusing. Please say to the person next to you, there are things I'm refusing. That guy I was talking about where he had his breakthrough through Archbishop Duncan Williams. Why was it not working out with him? Those goods were withheld. How many of you have had situations where you're owed money but it's being withheld? I've got a situation I'm in right now, in my life, where there's a particular amount of money, a particular breakthrough that took place, right? And everything is done. The PO, the purchase order, everything is all sorted. But now I'm now in a stage where I'm saying, okay, guys, this is how I want you to pay me. These are the terms in terms of the payment. How many of you know that sometimes it's at that stage where you can see that the enemy starts playing games? Amen? Amen. But there are prayers I know to pray. There's an authority I have in the spirit. There's a, there are keys that God has given me that know that the enemy cannot resist that which Jesus has said. When Jesus says, yes, no one can say no. Now, I could have sat back and just accepted it. I could have sat back and just said, ah, no, I'm grateful. You know, at least I know it will happen at some point. The PO is there. That's what some of you do. But I've said, uh-uh. I was praying the other day into some of these things and I see and I'm like, Lord, what's holding this thing back? And I see this old withered hand holding what looked like black gold. I don't know the significance of that, but it looked, holding it like this. And the Lord was showing me that they're ancient things that are holding that which belongs to you. And sometimes what happens is when I'm praying, the Lord will give me a vision of a weapon of war and he's showing me that this thing requires warfare. And if you don't know how to do warfare, then I feel for you. 
If you don't know how to take that which is yours, then I feel for you. How many of you know that when God was speaking about Cyrus, he says, I will give you hidden riches where? In secret places. It also says in dark places. Hidden. So the wealth that's yours is not always there on a silver platter before you. Are you hearing me? There are things we have to take back. And there's an authority that we need to walk in. Authority deals with authority. Say to the person next to you, authority deals with authority. There are things that belong to you, but they're being held by authorities in heavenly places. Wicked authorities in heavenly places. And it's up to you to walk in your authority and take what is yours. Amen. Please say to the person next to you, take it, it's yours. There was a guy from Botswana, an apostle, I think it was from Botswana, and that's what he would keep saying when he prays for people, take it, it's yours, take it, it's yours, take it, it's yours, take it, it's yours. Amen? So what do we mean by spiritual authority? This is my definition. Your level of spiritual authority is the degree to which you represent and reinforce Christ's authority in order to enforce his kingdom on the earth. You can take that down when you get the notes from the website. It'll get you into that habit. Amen? Your level of spiritual authority is the degree to which you represent and reinforce Christ's authority in order to enforce his kingdom on the earth. Amen? That's your level of spiritual authority. What am I talking about when I'm talking about this? I'm not talking about the believer's authority. I'm not talking about the authority just to cast out demons. I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about another level. I'm talking about the amount of angels that work with you. I'm talking about the angels that have been enlisted to support the things that you're doing. How many of you know that we don't all have the same number of angels that have been deployed to work on our behalf? Amen? Amen? I'm talking about a dimension where Jesus begins to call you something else. Jesus said to his disciples, I no longer call you guys servants. I now call you friend. It's interesting how so many Christians will sing that song. I am a friend of God. I'm a you can sing it as much as you like, but has he called you that? He called the disciples that. He didn't call the whole crowd that. Let's be honest now. I'm just taking the word. People like Abraham were called friends of God. Are you hearing me this morning? Friendship with God is linked to the revelatory dimension. Because Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. Why? Because I've shared with you all that the Father has given me. Is Jesus sharing things with you by revelation, my friend? He's not going to call you, oh, you are my friend, but then you don't get revelation. There's a link between the spiritual authority that you walk in. There's a link between the rank in the spirit that you walk in and the amount of revelation you receive from heaven. Amen? How many of you want to go to your next level? How many of you are hungry for this? There are battles there are battles that you will only overcome when you're at a certain level of spiritual authority. You know what I find amazing about Jesus? Jesus says to his disciples, says, you know what, guys? 
the works that you're seeing me doing, you will do greater works. Now we've got this egalitarian thing in the body of Christ that, I know we're all the same and we'll all do the same level of work. Jesus says, he who believes in me will do these works and will do even greater. So the greater works are partly dependent on believing. Some believe more than others. Amen. And he says that, and it's very interesting when you study scripture and you see this progression, because the woman with the issue of blood says, if I just touch the hem of Jesus's garment, I'll be healed. Was she healed? And what did Jesus say? She says, your faith has made you well. And she calls her daughter. Are you following this morning? Please don't let the, the, the enemy rob you. But what are the greater works? What I find amazing is Peter. What happens? He goes to another level, doesn't he? And Jesus is not insecure. Jesus is the one who says you'll do things at another level. So now we find that it says that those who walked past Peter, what happened? They just walked past his shadow. They didn't even touch him. The glory of God around him was so strong and people were being healed. Amen? Amen. And then what happens with Paul? How many of you seen what happened with Paul the apostle? It says many great miracles were taking place with Paul the apostle that whatever came into contact, whatever cloth he had touched, do you remember that? Whatever cloth he had touched, whatever had come into contact, people could take those cloths to people who were sick and what happened? They were healed and they were delivered. Can you see three levels of healings? Amen. So when it comes to the working of miracles, please say to the person next to you, there are levels. Amen. Don't camp on one level saying, oh Lord, thank you, you've used me. And then you just share testimonies from 10 years ago. There are different rooms in the spirit. The Bible tells us that we are seated in heavenly places, plural. There are levels in the heavenly. If you look at the kingdom of darkness, it has ranking, doesn't it? Powers, principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. It has ranking. If you look at the kingdom of light, there's rank amongst the angels. How many of you know that we are seated in heavenly places and we go from varying degrees of glory to glory to glory? Amen? Amen. Some of you are operating at base level glory. I don't know about you, but I don't want to camp there. There are certain miracles that happen when the glory is more intense. I'm going to say it again. There are certain miracles that happen when the glory is more intense. Please listen to last week's message where I speak about how to increase the working of the Holy Spirit in your life because it ties into this. Amen? Okay. So, as we walk in these dimensions... As we walk in these dimensions, we will find that there are times when our prayers are answered quickly because of our rank in the spirit. There'll be times when your prayers are answered quicker because of your rank in the spirit. How many of you know that God gives you keys? The Lord was showing me the other night, he'd given me a key when I prayed for Zimbabwe. It was, it was a key, he had shown me that. And how many of you know that there are keys he gives you? When you've got a key, you don't you have to knock on the door. If I say to you, please, can you go to my house and do A, B, C, D? Here are the keys. Do you have to knock on the door? You go in because you've got the key. How many of you know that when your rank and your level is higher in the spirit, you have keys for certain things? 
You have keys for certain things. Someone else will be praying for 21 days, saying, God, please open. God, because they don't have the key. Someone is getting it. Someone is catching on to this. Someone is catching on to this. I want to encourage you, ask God to reveal to you what keys he's given you. Amen? Amen. Ask God to reveal to you what keys he's given to you. And let me just say something about the keys. It's not always obvious. Sometimes God will give you keys for things that are unrelated to where you're at right now. When it comes to praying for nations, we often feel, I was saying this to my wife the other day, there's that sense of, will it really make much of a difference? Lord, aren't other people praying? Aren't greater prayer warriors than me praying into some of these things? Amen? Amen. You know what he's looking for? Availability. Availability. Whenever I see Avela, I like saying, Avela, are you available? Availability. Amen? That's what he's looking for. I was sitting praying. I shared this with the other Paul, my namesake. Um, I, I was sitting the other day. And then I began to pray a particular tongue. And I was like, why am I praying this word? What is this? What does this mean? I then Google it. Praise God for Google. Amen. I then Googled this word. And it wasn't those words that have multiple meanings where you can misinterpret it. The thing I found is that the thing I was praying for, it's actually, it was actually a ward in terms of an election ward. So it's an area, a suburb in Nigeria. In a state right in the north, it's actually a neighboring state to where Paul comes from, right? A state right in the north, that's a Buka Oram area. And I'm like, Lord, here's me in South Africa, and I'm sitting, and I'm just praying in tongues, and I keep saying this word over and over again, and I'm busy praying for, for an area in Nigeria. Are you following me? Just be available. The Bible says that his eyes are roaming through, to and fro across the earth looking for one who's available to stand in the gap. And sadly, in the book of Ezekiel, it says, but he found none. Amen? Amen. My question to you is, how available are you to be used by God and to be entrusted to pray for things that are very significant in the nations right now? Are you available? If you're carrying your own burdens, one of our problems is worry. If you're carrying your own burdens, how can you carry the burden of the Lord? If you're always worried, what does this person think of me? And then this one said this to me, and then that one said that. There's no room for God to place his burden onto you. Amen? So that you can pray. As we go to our next level, we are not doing it from a place of ego. We're not doing it from a place of selfish ambition. The Bible tells us that all that matters is faith expressing itself through love. I want to I share with you a quote from Rick Joyner, the prophet Rick Joyner. He says, when the Lord felt compassion for the sheep without a shepherd, he became their shepherd. When he felt compassion for those who lived in darkness, he became their teacher. All true spiritual authority is founded upon love. We will know the place of our calling and destiny when we know God's love has been shared abroad in our hearts. That's Romans 5 verse 5. The love of God has been shared abroad where? 
in our hearts by his spirit. Isn't that amazing? The spirit of God carries the love of God. You can't say to me, oh, I'm experiencing the fullness of the spirit, but you're not walking in the love of God. Amen? The Lord gave me an experience recently with a particular organization, great institution. And I was thinking to myself, uh, is my time up in this particular institution? And, and the Lord started to show me that, wait a minute, I want you here because there are people here who are wounded and I want to use you to heal those wounds. And all of a sudden, what starts to happen? In the space of a couple of weeks, people started getting saved in, the, in that organization. I would be coaching them and something would come up. Or after I do a session, someone comes to me and they're like, I need to talk to you about something. They were giving their hearts to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? I was referring them to the Pretoria East Church, a couple of them, because they live that side. Isn't God good? And then he starts giving me compassion for people in that organization. And I realized, God, I know why you have sent me here. Amen? And so it gave me power in my prayers because I know the test for me was, are you willing to walk in compassion? Because the degree to which you walk in compassion for these people is the degree to which I'll raise you up with greater measures of authority in that organization. How many of you that God can give you an organization? You can be an outsider, but God can say, I've given this thing to you. And when he does that, the devil doesn't like it. And that's why certain people from false religions begin to react. Have you noticed that? Certain people from false religions begin to react. And what it is, is, is the demons inside of them. The demons that they carry that are reacting to your presence. Some of you know what I'm talking about. There's an interesting story that Duncan Williams shares where he, as he was growing up, and I think his father and grandmother, they were into witchcraft and all sorts of other things. And he began to pray in tongues. And he would pray in tongues when he was newly baptized in the spirit. And his dad came to him and said, please stop praying in these other languages, in this tongues stuff. Because the spirits, my spirits are leaving whenever you pray in tongues. My spirits are leaving. How many of you know that one of the tools God gives us in warfare is praying in the spirit. Amen? Because you are praying mysteries unto God. I want to encourage you. Maybe you're the kind of person who only prays 10 minutes at a time. Wherever you're at, just be consistent. Amen? Be consistent. Keep praying. Take your 10 minutes to 20, 20 minutes to an hour, an hour to two hours. Keep praying and you go to new levels. Amen? Jesus says, Father who sees you Praying where? In your closet, in secret. Father who is in secret, he's in the secret place. He will reward you publicly. How many feel that God rewards by promoting you? That's one of the ways he rewards you, by promoting you. And there's a promotion in the spirit before it manifests in the natural. Amen. Can we go deeper into this? Is that okay? Let's go a bit deeper into this. I want to explain something to you. We have spiritual jurisdiction. We have spiritual what? I am registered in Zimbabwe as a psychologist in Zimbabwe. Amen? I'm not registered in South Africa as a psychologist, even though I studied here. But when I went back to Zimbabwe after my studies, that's when I was registered. So I can't, if you say, Paul, you're a shrink, so can you come and please help me? You can't then claim from medical aid when you come to me. I can help you. I'm more clued up than the other guys and so on, a lot of other people. But you, if you're dealing with me professionally, then you pay professionally. Does that make sense? 
I'm not registered here. There are great doctors from Germany who live here in this country. But you know how difficult it is if you're registered in another country and then you now want to practice locally. There is jurisdiction. There is jurisdiction. You can't just say, oh, but I'm a lawyer in my country. Oh, I come from Ghana and I'm a lawyer. So now I'm practicing law here. There are certain examinations you have to go through. Are you hearing me? It's the same in the spirit realm. There are jurisdictions that God has given you. There are spheres of influence that God has given you. And there are things you have to do to widen it. Let me share with you the scripture for those of you who, who are looking at me with blank looks. <laughs> those of you who lack understanding and don't know the scriptures. Let's just say it like it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. Paul is speaking and he says, Neither do we go beyond our... Neither do we go beyond our... So there are limits. The great Paul the apostle, the great apostle Paul... Nice name, great apostle. Double whammy, God blessed him twice. Amen? Great apostle, nice name. He had limits. You and I, there's certain limits. But watch, watch what he says. And that's, what is interesting is that word for limits there, it's the Greek word metron. The word that's used there is ametra, which comes from metron, which is sphere, it's boundary, it's jurisdiction. But you know what's exciting? Your jurisdiction can be extended. He says, we will not go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, what will happen? Our sphere of activity among you will greatly do what? It will expand. I pray this morning that my sphere of activity amongst you will expand. That I will not just preach to you, but I'll be able to stand in your house and make decrees and things turn around. I will be able to counsel you and your spouse and things turn around. The work, the sphere of activity increases. Amen? I'll be able to come to your business and make a decree and things turn around. I'll be able to say certain declarations in this church and, and my, none of my words fall to the ground. That's one of the marks of being established by the Lord. The Bible tells us that Samuel was established as a prophet and the whole of Israel recognized it. When your activity of work increases, when your sphere of work increases, it's recognized not just in your locality. It's recognized in your region. It's recognized globally. And that's your portion. That's your portion. Some of you who've been selling products just to your next door neighbors, maybe it's, what are they called? We used to call them freezers. Are they called freezers here? Penny cools. We used to call them penny cools. I'm assuming it's because you, you used one penny for them. And then when we went into metric system, they were called centacles. Centacles. Do you remember that growing up, guys? We're dating ourselves now. Anyway, maybe you will just sell them to your neighborhood, but God wants to enlarge you. What are you believing for? What are you believing for? What are you believing for? I like it in the NLT, it says, nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. 
Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. You see, the problem with a lot of Christians is they don't know where the boundary is. So the person thinks because they're CEO at their workplace, immediately now in the church world, they're everyone's boss and can call the shots. So they come into church and they, they still have that CEO cap, but they're moving beyond their limit. They're moving beyond their jurisdiction. Amen? Amen. There are things God has spoken to me about when we moved to Tswane. And he says, I've given you Tswane. And when I look at some of the biggest things I've done or breakthroughs in terms of business-wise, it's been within this jurisdiction. Amen? Amen. Right. But at a certain point, he then says, but I've also granted you favor here, here, here. Your jurisdiction is then widened. And that's what you believe God for when you go to your next level. I'm hoping you're catching this. May God enlarge your jurisdiction. In the ESV, it says, we do not boast beyond limits in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. If I want an enlarging of whatever ministry God has given me, it's partly dependent on your faith. He says, we hope that as your faith increases, in other words, your level of expectation for what God can do through us. Just look at it there. As your faith increases, what happens? Our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. We can't impose ourselves on people, but as they believe that Ooh, this, this person carries something, these people carry something, what happens? We see more things taking place. Amen? You see, you're positioned spiritually, not just naturally. You're positioned spiritually, not just, not just naturally. Jesus said, who do you guys say I am? Who do people say I am? They said, oh, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're this one. Some say you're that one. And what did Jesus say? He says, but you, who do you say I am? And I believe he's asking that same question to us this morning. Who do you say I am? Jesus said, it's not important what other people are saying. Who do you say I am? And what did Peter say? He says, you are the Christ. And Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Can you see the link between revelation and spiritual promotion? Because he goes on to say, and on this revelation that I am the Christ, I will build my church. That's a very powerful statement. The thing that will distinguish you in this life is the revelation you have of Jesus. The thing that will distinguish you in this life is the revelation you have of Jesus. And some of you have limited yourselves because you're saying, yeah, my pastor said this about Jesus. You will even share it and forward it to your friends. Ah, yeah, that, that man of God said that about Jesus. But Jesus is asking you, who do you say I am? You see, the thing that will distinguish you is not your position at work. And for some of you, that's what you're desperate for. Lord, can you just give me... No. The thing that will distinguish you is not that you have a wonderful fancy degree. And some of you have thought, I just want that degree because, oh, that's what will help me. Ah, I just want an MBA. If I have my MBA, they'll promote me. 
my MBA. And then you, you idolize your MBA. Then you see that, but my promotion isn't happening. Come on. I mean, if you know what I'm talking about. Ah, my PhD. My PhD. If I have my PhD, ah, that's what will promote me. And then people don't recognize it. I said to you, with the prophet Samuel, what does it say? He was established by God as a prophet. And all of Israel recognized it. And you know what it goes on to say? None of his words fell to the ground. Some translations say, and none of his words failed. When God promotes you, my friends, your words will not fail. What does that mean? When you talk about a prophet and it says none of his words will fall to the ground, do you know what it's saying? Everything that he spoke came to pass. Please hear me this morning. God will raise you up and everything that you declare, everything that you decree will come to pass. The Bible speaks of Stephen and it says they could not resist the wisdom and the... It says they could not resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. How many of you know that your words are not just wisdom? Your words are spirit. The Bible, the word for word, is also the same word for breath, which is also the same word for spirit, pneuma, in the Greek. They, will not re they were not able to resist the wisdom of Stephen and the spirit by which he spoke. As I speak to organizations, God showed me something interesting. I was driving to a client of mine. I was driving to a client of mine in Johannesburg, very well-known organization. And as I was driving there, they had chosen a particular topic for me to speak for a couple of hours. And I was thinking to myself, I'm sure a couple of years ago I spoke on this. So how will they find it? Because, Lord, it's like I'm going to be speaking on it again. I know there's some new people, but how will it work? And you know what the Lord encouraged me with? He says, you will speak the same message, but the mantle that you carry, the mantle that, is, that you're clothed in, the mantle that has wrapped itself around you is different. You're at another level. You will speak the same basic message, but the spirit by which you speak will be at another level. They will not be able to resist your words. Amen. Some of you need to go back to certain people you spoke to in the past that had said no to you. When you go at your next level, they cannot help but say yes. I'm speaking prophetically now. They cannot help but say yes. Why? You're clothed with something else. You see, when you're at your next level, there are certain demonic spirits that could resist you before. There are certain demonic spirits that in the past... They were tricking you. They were resisting you. And in order to have had that breakthrough, you might have had to have a 21-day fast or something. But now you're at a level in the spirit where there are more angels working on your behalf. Amen? Where God has said, you guys, you cannot touch. This is my person. You cannot touch him. Amen? Where you're walking at a greater dimension of spiritual authority and revelation in terms of how to deal with certain spirits. How many of you know that your, your ignorance will not help you? Many people, many Christians think that, I oh, know, it's just about believing. And then you try and stir up faith within yourself. How many of you are like that? Let me just believe more this time because it was my faith that was the problem. It's not just your faith. It can also be to do with your knowledge, your revelation that you walk in. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. 
You can have faith but no knowledge. You can have faith but no revelation. Amen? God is taking us to new levels. So where are we seated? Ephesians 3 verse 20 is extremely powerful. I touched on this at Ignite. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably. You know what that means, immeasurably? You can't measure it. So we are praying saying, God, can you give us a building and some land as a church? The God we are praying to can do immeasurably more than that. Amen? Right? Then what? Then all we ask. So we have to be asking. Amen? And all we imagine. Pastor Vim helped us in prayer and said, guys, paint a picture. What do you want 2018 to look like? That requires your imagination. Amen? So God gives us more than we can ask or imagine. I used to teach just those two parts. And I hadn't seen the third part. According to what? His power at work within us. I want to ask you a question. Is there the same level of power at work within every single person here? Potentially there is. But we know there isn't. Amen? Because there were some men who were chosen in Acts chapter 6. And it says, choose Men who are full of the Holy Spirit. And I shared with you last week that there are measures of the Spirit's work within us. And that there are certain things we can do to increase that measure. Amen? The breakthrough will happen not just based on what you ask. Not just based on your imagination. But the amount of power that is at work within you. Did you get that? You see, you can have a fast car with a big engine. But if there's no fuel in that vehicle, it won't go anywhere. You can get that S8, but if you only know how to use an S4 or an S5, you will operate that S8 at a lower level of technology. Is someone getting it this morning? How much of the power of God is at work within you? Please, I'm not talking about the power of God without. I'm not talking about the power of God far away there for other people. I'm talking about the power of God at work within you. The degree to which he's at work in you by his spirit will be the degree to which you will experience the effectiveness of your prayer. Amen? Amen. In Ephesians 2 verse 6, it says here, And God raised us up with who? So when Jesus was raised from the dead, we were raised with him. Amen? Amen. And it says, and seated us with him, where? So where, where are you seated? So why do you complain? This person said this to me and it hurts me. Look where you're seated. How many of you know that you can be right at the bottom of your organization, but in the spirit, when you know where you're seated, it results in promotion in the natural. Amen? Some of you have judged your lives based on where you are at in the natural because you're a soulish Christian. You're a Christian who's more conscious of what's happening around you, what you can touch and feel, yet you've been positioned in heavenly places with one Christ Jesus. Please understand that. Okay? And yes, we have been seated. Please, this is past tense, isn't it? 
It's not, saying, it's not saying one day we will be seated. Amen? I think we all did English grammar at school. Huh? Right? And God raised us up. What tense is that? Past tense, huh? And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him. What tense is that? Seated. Not will one day sit, right? Past tense. Where are we seated? In the heavenly realms, again, in Christ Jesus. That is extremely powerful. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. It says, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. So you might be feeling sick. You might not like what your body looks like, but in spirit you are one with him. When you have that revelation of who you've become in Christ Jesus, my friends, everything changes. You might say, Paul, but I don't feel like I'm going to my next level. You are one with Christ. You're seated in heavenly places. There are different rooms in the spirit. There are different levels in those heavenly places. Do not limit yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Do not limit yourself. Do not limit what God wants to do through you. How many of you know that people who used to harass you, they're now afraid of you when you're at your next level? I was stopped by the cops the other day, right? Like, as all of us have been. And I remember, yeah, some of you are thinking you're now better than me or more superior, right? And I was there, it was just a couple of days ago, and it was somewhere here in Centurion. And you know when there's a stop sign and you have to stop, right? I stopped over the line. You know what I mean? I stopped over the line and I'm like, oh, there's a stop sign. And then I turned left. And as I expected, the cops were right there and they were like, come, 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 come. I'm sure I'm, you've all done that before, haven't you? Okay, so don't judge me. Don't judge, all right? So I get there and the guy says, do you, do you know what you did? And I said, yes, you know, you stopped over there and you just yielded. You didn't fully stop. I thought I'd stopped. I honestly felt like, look, I've stopped, guys. Then he says, then he takes out his thing. And I don't know, maybe he wanted a bribe or something. Because you know when they go, and they're about to write out, can I just warn you? Can I, what's your name? Can I just warn Then he looks at me. So what do you do? And I said, I'm a pastor. <laughs> and I'm a, and I, and I coach leaders in organizations. That's what I said. The moment I said first, I'm a pastor, I could see the fear of the Lord now kicking in. He was a, um, yeah, but pa Pastor, if you, you must pray for us officers also. <laughs> so I did what I know to do. So I did what I know to do. I said, let me pray for you right now. I get his hand. As soon as I touched his hand, the Lord starts showing me things about him. So I begin to pray concerning his marriage, concerning things and so on. Then I open my eyes to look and this guy's eyes are just like wide open looking at me. So he thought he had located me, but the Holy Spirit in me had located him. Amen. Why am I saying this? You don't have to fear. You must know the authority that you carry. 
Amen? Listen, we are under the law and so on. You can't just say, I'm a pastor, so you must forgive me. All right? Because that becomes abuse from an integrity perspective. You understand what I'm saying? But the point I'm making is people who usually intimidate us, when you walk in your authority, they're the ones who are fearful of you. If you look at Jacob and you study how he moved through the promised land, do you know what it says? He was thinking, hey, guys, if these people combine, all these other tribes, if they combine against us, they will destroy us. But you know that God protected him? And it says that the terror of Jacob was upon them. They feared him. And I see this happening in my life every day, every day, every day, where people who would intimidate other people and they, they come and they see me and all of a sudden it's like, eh, they're afraid of me. And I'm like, what's wrong? It's what you carry. Say to the person next to you, what do you carry? What do you carry? What do you carry? Some of you should be going and speaking to your bosses about certain things, changes that you want to take place in the workplace. But you're afraid because you don't know what you carry. Some of you, God is called to be Josephs in your industry where your ideas will save your industry. But because you don't know you carry that mantle, you don't walk in boldness. Amen? Ephesians 3 verse 10 says, His intent was that now, through the church, everyone say, through the church. The manifold wisdom of God, that's the many-sided wisdom of God, the Greek word is polypoikolos, many-sided wisdom of God, should be made known to who? To the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So in the heavenly realms, these spirits of darkness are rulers there and they have authority, right? It says they're called authorities, okay? It's talking about the principalities. The word principalities comes from that word principal. P-A-L at the end, not principal, like a principal. But principal, like a principal of uh, an, an institution. And it's, that means the first thing. It's the first principal. And very often a principality lodges itself over a region based on how that region started. And that's why we see mammon being strong in Gauteng. Greed being strong in Gauteng as a principality. Why? Because the way the city was birthed, it was birthed in greed. And that's why some people will say, but I had no issues when I was in KZN. I didn't, I didn't struggle with materialism. We could live a simple life. But the moment we lived in Joburg, what happened? We had to keep up with the Jones, right? We had to have everything everyone else has. Why? You were subjected to that spirit, that principality. But it's interesting here that God wants the church to display his wisdom, the manifold wisdom of God to be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. And he wants to do that through you and me. Isn't that powerful? Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. When you're not getting the breakthrough you require, learn how to do warfare. Your struggle is not with that guy who's the head of procurement. Your struggle is not with that guy who's the COO. Your struggle is not with that guy who's the CIO. No. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities. Have you noticed that it's always authorities that get into your way? And those authorities are sometimes demonically inspired. Where everything is fine, the client wants you, the users of your product want you, but there's some policy. 
My friends, we have to be able to deal with that. Because that, that same policy maker in that organization, on another day they say yes to someone else. So why are they saying no to you? Often the enemy is using them. And it says, against powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil, where? In the heavenly realms. Colossians 2 verse 15, it says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made public spectacle of them. So they have been disarmed. And the enemy will try to trick you into thinking that he is powerful over you. And he will use your own ignorance against you. Triumphing over them by the cross. So you know what used to happen in the Roman world? In the Roman world, and I want to just read this to you, something that I read that Andrew Womack wrote. Upon conquering an enemy, the Romans would hold a parade. They would take the conquered king, strip him naked, and drag him through the crowd behind the conquering king or commander for all their subjects to see. He would be humiliated, he would be insulted, but that's not all. They would also cut off the thumbs of his hands and the big toes of both feet. That is harsh, isn't it? This was to assure the subjects this enemy would never be a threat to any of them again. He could not hold a sword, thumb is gone, and he would never be able to run again. I mean, if you know you need your toe to be able to do that, your big toe. There was no need to fear him anymore. Any rumor about him ever challenging Rome again would be scoffed at because the citizens had seen him in the parade. That's the language that is being used in Colossians 2 verse 15. And having disarmed the power, the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. To walk and to function at your next level, you have to have that revelation. Amen? That the enemy is a defeated foe. Don't ever let him treat, trick you into thinking that he's got more power than he actually has. Amen? Walk in your authority. Take back those goods that have been withheld. Amen? Pray strong prayers like you've never prayed before. And watch how God will take you to your next level. He will entrust you with his mysteries. He will entrust you with revelation knowledge. So what is your rank linked to? Your rank in the spirit is linked to number one, the mark of your calling. You know, in Philippians 3 verse 12, it says, I press on toward the goal. Some translations say the mark to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. How many of you know that whatever you're called to, when you embrace it, there's a mark, there's a goal. And your rank in the spirit realm is influenced and determined by that particular calling. Amen? If you don't know your calling, you'll function just like an ordinary person. Number two, your rank in the spirit is influenced by your mantle. By your mantle. What is your mantle? It's an important role or responsibility that typically passes on from one to another. When you say, I'm now taking on this mantle, it's a role or responsibility. Do you know what your role in the spirit is? Do you know what your spiritual assignment and jurisdiction is? Because that determines how you are ranked in the spirit. Are you hearing me this morning? 
It's a role. It's a burden you carry. It's a duty you have. It's a responsibility you have. It's a function you have. How many of you know that you can have a position in church, but that's not necessarily your mantle? There's a role in the spirit that God has given you. What is it? It's your capacity. It's your task. It's your job. That's why we talk about the mantle of leadership. Number three, it's your office, the office you hold in the body of Christ. Some have been given to be apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some pastors, some evangelists. Number four, it's your purpose and destiny in the kingdom of God. And number five, your rank is often influenced by the battle scars and the trophies you have. And that's what you can influence a lot. Amen? How many of you know that the degree to which you lay down your life for a region very often is the degree to which God gives you spiritual authority over that region? How many of you know that some of you, as you lay down your life and pray for your organization, God gives you a promotion in the spirit over that organization? Are you following me? Look at the priestly ministry. The Bible tells us, it's in the book of Hebrews, it's talking about Jesus who was our high priest. And it says he qualified to be our high priest because of his sacrifice. Priestly ministry, the degree to which you can stand in the gap before God and man, between God and man, is often based on the degree to which you are willing to love those very people that you're standing in the gap for. The degree to which you are willing to give up certain comforts in your own life for those people. And God raises you up. Isn't that wonderful? I want to ask you a question. Are you willing to do that in order to experience new dimensions of promotion in your life? There's a particular lady, she tells a story. And she says that, you know what? I was going on holiday in the United States with a particular lady friend of mine. And the moment I stepped into the next county, now this is a woman who's preached a lot and ministered a lot to the Native American people, right? And it's interesting because as she stepped into the next county, she just fell sick, but her friend didn't fall sick. And she was wondering what is going on? And she didn't enjoy that holiday. And then the moment she got back home, she was fine. And the Lord spoke to her and said, it was because of your rank in the spirit. The principalities in that other county, they were nervous because you were coming. Because they know what you do. Amen? Amen. They know what you do. And even though you were on holiday, they felt threatened. How many of you have experienced that before? Where you go into another region and all of, all of a sudden you're sick. And the naturalists all like to say it's because of the different weather there. But then you're confused when you feel like, but the weather was the same. So why was I sick when I was there? And as soon as I come back home, I'm fine. Why is it that when my wife was leading Ignite, the days leading up to Ignite, every single time, virtually every single time, by way of pattern, she would experience an attack on her physical body. Are you hearing me? The spirit realm recognizes your rank in the spirit. And some of the attacks you have, it's because of that. It's because of the mark of your calling, the goal of your calling, the mantle that you carry. And it's important to know proactively how to resist the enemy. Amen. How many of you want to go to your next level? We're going to pray. On the 10th, 
I'm going to do the next part of this message where I'm going to be showing you the technology of spiritual promotion. And I'm going to be showing you seven things, seven pieces of revelation and illumination that take you to your next level. Amen? Amen. We're going to be dealing with that. I'm going to be showing you things. Remember what happened to Miriam and Aaron? What happened? Miriam ended up with leprosy. Why? As you know your Bible. Right, they were speaking against Moses. When, and God says, why did you guys do that? It says God was angry about it. Why did you guys do that? Just because Mo Moses has chosen to marry this woman. He married a darker-skinned woman. Just because of that, now you guys are speaking against her, against him. And he says, don't you know, because they were becoming familiar with Moses, don't you know that when there's a prophet, I speak to him in dreams, in visions, I'll show him visions. But it's not like that with my servant Moses. Please say to me their, their levels. With Moses, it's different to the average prophet. With Moses, I talk to him face to face. So now because of this, so she was struck with leprosy. And Moses was the one who interceded and said, God, please take this away. And it says that they had to remain camped there for a number of days. They couldn't move on until her leprosy had gone away. How I many of you know that when we don't recognize spiritual authority, it slows us down? It affects the level of glory in an environment. I'm going to be showing you on the 10th of December, our last service, I'm going to be showing you the technology of spiritual authority. I'm going to be showing you that when God takes you to your next level, there are things, bad things. Yes, I'm a New Testament believer, but there are bad things that end up happening to those people who don't recognize and honor the rank that you hold in the spirit. Amen. How many of you want to go to your next level? We're going to pray now. We're going to pray. If you're here today and you're in a space where you feel like, you know what, I've been camping. I've been camping. If the Holy Spirit, not me, not my own words, but if the Holy Spirit has convicted you, even if you didn't fully understand everything that I was sharing with you, but the Holy Spirit has convicted you and there's something that is being awakened in your inner person where you're saying, I don't want to camp anymore. I want to go deeper in God. I want to pursue his purpose. I want to go to my next level. I want those keys of the kingdom. Just stand where you are. Just stand where you are. If you're recognizing this morning that there are certain things, battles that you've been fighting by yourself, but you recognize this morning that you need the working of certain angelic hosts, and you're saying, God, I want, the, I want the Lord of hosts, the Lord over the army of angels to assist me. Whatever level you're currently at, you're saying, I need to go to my next level. You're saying, I cannot remain camping here. Maybe you've operated in one level of spiritual jurisdiction, but you want your metron to be enlarged. You want your sphere of influence to be enlarged. You feel like you have credentials just in one country, but you want to go to the next country. You want to go to regions. You don't want to step into new regions and you don't know how to deal with those demons. You don't want to step into new regions and all of a sudden, your marriage is failing.
If you are here this morning and that's you, just raise your hands to heaven. Sometimes what happens is that we need a spiritual jump start. Father, you see your people. You see your people and you see their faith. Right now in the mighty name of Jesus, I speak to whatever has held the people of God back. Whatever has caused the people of God to remain camped in that room. In the mighty name of Jesus, I rebuke every hindrance from the enemy. And I say, get off the people of God. Get off the people of God right now. Get off the people of God. Get off the people of God. You're loose to your next level. You're loose to your next dimension. You're loose to your next level of warfare. You're loose to your next level of promotion. The key that God wants to give you for this next season, He gives you right now in the name of Jesus. And you can take it. It belongs to you. The grace that you need to go to your next dimension in the spirit, he's handing it to you right now. By his love and his grace, his mercy over you, he's giving it to you. The battles you've been struggling with right now, you're becoming an, over, an overcomer. Lord, may you impart yourself, a portion of yourself to the people of God. Those who need a name change, right now, receive your name change. Those who need a change of identity, right now, receive it. Those who are, who are squashed right now, I unsquash you in the name of Jesus Christ. I loose you. Those who are crippled in the spirit, right now, you are being straightened. You are being straightened. You are being straightened. We release and we announce a new level of glory, a new dimension of glory, a new dimension of glory. Just begin to drink, drink like you are drinking water. Receive from heaven, 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 receive from heaven. Receive from heaven. Receive from heaven. Receive from heaven. Take it, it's yours. 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 New levels of glory. 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 Drink like you're drinking water right now. He's filling you afresh. He's filling you afresh. He's filling you afresh. More, 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 more. This is your inheritance. This is your inheritance. Glory. Glory, 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 
glory, glory, glory, glory, glory, glory, glory, glory, glory, glory, glory. More angels working with you. 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 Heavenly assignments given to you. Heavenly assignments given to you. More, 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 more. Lord Jesus, begin to walk in this room. Give the people joy. Give the people joy like they've never experienced before. Give them unspeakable joy like they've never known before. Give them unspeakable joy like they've never known before. Minister healing to their brokenness. Minister healing to their wounds. Glory. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's here. 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 Oh Lord, thank you. Oh Lord, thank you. For some of you, as you go home, He's visiting your homes right now. For some of you, as you begin to go to your closet today and just spend a few minutes in prayer, you'll experience things that you've never experienced before because friends is here. Holy Spirit, have your way. Touch your people. Do to them, Lord God, what has never taken place as they yield to you. Surrender, 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 surrender. He's touching people throughout. Surrender. You will go into new regions. You will go into regions you've never been before. You will get business from places you've never received business from before. You will enter industries that you've never entered before. New levels in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, if you've received something from heaven right now, just begin to clap to Jesus. Just begin to thank Him. Hallelujah.